0: That level of thou shalt or thou shalt not they question it they ignore it they doubt it they procrastinate they try to justify it or they look the other way they sweep it under the rug there's always some excuse but it's either black or white now if you really want to be spiritual though you move deeper you delve into this uh, higher realm of uh, knowledge with God. Now, there's a pragmatist, if you know what a pragmatist is. And a pragmatist, I don't know the exact definition, and in some ways it's good, in some ways it's very bad. Most people, a pragmatist has to have all the evidence in an exact way every time to reach a certain conclusion. And I know that's not the exact definition, but they have to have everything a certain way so they can have this evidence to reach a conclusion. And that's good to some degree. But there are other ways of reaching conclusions where pragmatism would not lead you to the conclusion of truth, of reality. You you have deductive reasoning. Uh, there are ways that you can make investigation there is certain things that are not always visible to the eye immediately that is very evidence, uh, good evidence, it's true that would lead you to the truth so pragmatism it's good to be pragmatic but not always not always you know I could give you many many illustrations of that uh, and, and it's a way of being spiritual, by the way, or discerning. So, 99%, I believe, of most professing Christians are compromisers. They're blind to the truth. They're deceived. They're gullible. They're simpletons. They are willingly ignorant. And Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge a lack of knowledge. They don't want to know the truth. They don't want to know that thou shalt and that thou shalt not. Very few are willing to exercise their senses, to discern, so that they can move from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. Now, you've heard milk, uh, you know, there's a there's a baby formula shortage and crisis lately. There's a lot of aspects to this. So I'm not going to get into it, but uh, most people, they're like a little baby. They never they never grow up. They never grow their spiritual molars. They never grow in grace. They never desire the sincere uh, meat, milk of the word. First of all, that Peter said that they may grow thereby. But then they, for some reason, stay there. They never get into the meat. Now, this is only for people who like T-bone steaks or, uh, you know, ribeyes, whatever you think is a great steak. Uh, the meat of the Word. And most people can't handle it. As soon as they hear somebody talking about it, their mind begins to daydream. Or they'll just begin to drift or shift. Uh, and and then they'll hear some milky guy and they just love it it's it's weird to me no it's not weird to me it's revealing what and who they are because milk people like milk meat people like meat and all of us ought to want strong meat to grow up to have discernment to know right from wrong to turn the gray to either black or white but not that to see the things that aren't right there plain as day in your face all right who are these stork women i'm just kidding you who are the three unclean frogs and these people they're so happy with uh, three points a poem and a tear jerking little story at the end and, and a lot of people love it because it's more emotional sometimes. But, you know, the, the meat, the, the old, you know, the, the, the Indians, they jerk beef and eat, eat the meat. It may not have a whole lot of flavor sometimes, though you shouldn't overflavor your meat. Salt and pepper ought to be enough if you know how to do some right Texas barbecue. But the, uh, we ought to look for the meat of the word. So think about it. Here's the specifics, black or white. Ten Commandments. Uh, Watch one. Forsake not the assembly of thyself together as the man of some is. That's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. These aren't uh, preferences. This isn't I like vanilla, you like chocolate. This is God said do it. Right. Lay up and store the tithe on the first day of the week. Storehouse tithing. Great commission. Go ye out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. But then you have generalities. The Bible does not say, Thou shalt not smoke. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say that. Remember that, that guy was smoking and some guy said, If God continued to smoke, He put a a stovepipe on the top of your head. He said, "There's no hey. There's no verse that says that thou shalt not smoke. There's none. But there's a lot of other things it says. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell you where to live. Doesn't tell you specifically who to date. Doesn't tell you specifically your hairstyle. The Bible doesn't tell you specifically." The Bible didn't tell you the political party to promote. But I'll guarantee you there's a political party. If you promote it, you're the devil. But, but these people don't know that. They're one because their grandpa was one in the Great Depression. Yet yeah, they don't realize they're the ones who started slavery, the KK. It's unbelievable how ignorant people are. The Bible didn't tell you not everything you you should eat or you shouldn't eat. You know the Bible. Well, sometimes it does say specific, but so we need to be discerning to know these things. So we're going to go through, by way of introduction, uh, these just real quick and overview five things, and we've talked about some of this. Number one your mind spirit is your true self your mind now getting a little bit ahead of myself but you either have a carnal mind or you have the mind of christ there's no in between there's no other there's nothing new under the sun you cannot say well i have my ways you have yours no there's either the carnal mind or the mind of Christ that's it and you see the people who live by according to the nature of the carnal mind so your mind spirit is your true self so whatever mind you have that's the nature you are of which that has a character which that will do certain things. So you do what you do because you are what you are. That's very important. And if you want to change what you do, you get renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. You don't turn over a new leaf. You don't join a some support group. You don't go to a correctional place, you get a new mind, your whole life will change. If you can think different, but not just thinking different. See, some people try to think different without the mind of Christ. And you can't imitate the mind of Christ. You have to have the mind of Christ. You have to literally be the mind of Christ. So, your mind spirit is your true self. Number two, your mind spirit discerns your perception of reality. Your mind spirit does. So, if you're of the wrong mind spirit, what you discern is right, could be totally wrong. Or you could be seeing something that is ever present, but nobody else can see it. Or, you could have a fellowship with somebody who sees the same thing that you see, but nobody else can see it. Or you could think you're totally right but you are absolutely wrong. You could even deceive yourself. So your mind spirit discerns your perception of reality and this is spirits, spirits. So some people have illusion, some people are disillusioned. What they thought something was, it was not. They got their hopes let down. They're disappointed. Number three. So, the carnal mind, the Bible says, is enmity against God. It is enmity against God. Now, We'll look at this a little bit later. I think I have that reference on the sheet. This word carnal means the flesh. The flesh. Now, this is not just as we think of our biological physique or our body. The the word carnal means the skin is pulled off. In other words, you've been skinned of even the skin that covers the nature of the flesh. It is absolute, pure, carnal flesh. Nothing good could ever come from it. So, the carnal mind, everyone who's lost has it. That's all they have. I don't care if they're a good old boy, they're a law-abiding citizen. When it comes to spiritual discernment, They are carnal, and the Bible says they are at enmity against God. So the word enmity, as we've looked at a little bit in the past, means hostility and a reason for opposition. So the very nature of the carnal mind means it's against God. And the very nature of the carnal mind means God is against it they do not get along they are really at war there is opposition there is a separation so the very existence of a carnal mind means that somebody who has it can never know God they can never be close to God they can never think like God they can never understand the deep truths of God they are carnal so carnal You know, sometimes you'll have like a, like a cat, which is in nature, which I think in China this is the year of the tiger, which is the year of instinct, the total, raw, a cat can't help it. A cat's going to hunt, a cat's going to scratch, a cat's going to play. A cat is a cat, and he can't change, and you can't train a cat very much, maybe a little, But a cat is a cat. That's all it can be. It has a carnal cat nature. And a carnal mind thinks only according to the lust of the flesh. That's all it knows. And the spirits that cater to the lust of the flesh. And the world is the creation of the flesh to fulfill its lust. So all of the the media, the... uh, The shopping, the buying, the making of money, the commerce, all of these things, the bright lights, the attractions, the carnal mind, that's all it knows is carnality and the skin, it's been stripped down to the core. So this is what most people have. So the carnal mind, number three, which is the mind of the flesh, is at enmity with God, number four. That means it's the enemy of God, it is separated from God, it cannot know God, and it can never fellowship with God, and there's absolutely, and I say this all the time, there is no ability to even comprehend truth it's hard to explain there is absolutely no value in its nature of the things of God they cannot even consider the great deep truths of God and the wisdom of God because it is at enmity against God and this is why you talk to people they just don't It's not that they just don't get it. They wouldn't even consider it. And I always use that saying, it's just too good for most people. It's too deep for most people. So it is that enmity. Number five, here's the good news. The Holy Spirit, because of the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, gives us the mind of christ the mind of christ so now your mind is transformed and has this renewing reviving regeneration not just of your spirit but of your mind spirit romans 12 1 and 2 so now you can serve god with your spirit romans 1 9 And then, as you grow in grace, you move from the milk of the Word to the meat of the Word. And so, you still love the old time stories, the great, deep, simple things, because simplicity is wrapped up in profundity, but now there's a burning desire within you, an urge to know the deep things of God. And the way you're gonna know the deep things of God is you have to see the gray and then discern by exercising your senses to know good and evil. So a lot of people, though, want it to happen too quickly. But it can not happen quickly. I've seen it happen very quickly. Their eyes will be open. They'll begin to become aware of things that they didn't realize even existed. Didn't even know there was a possibility of it uh, previously. But this takes time. So how how much did we have to physically exercise, let's say, to build up certain coordination? How long do you have to physically maybe lift weights? And I, don't, I just want to get toned. I don't want to get bulked up. <laughs> but it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while. Uh, you know, like if, if you work at a tough job, you have to build up for a while. Uh, and then you get real tough. But it doesn't happen instantly. You have to earn it. So what does that mean? If you make a commitment, you'll do what you do over time, and then what'll happen? You'll exercise your senses And just like you build your muscles and your tendons and so forth, build your marrow and your bones, what will happen? You'll build your spiritual senses. And your spiritual senses now will become heightened. Now, if you've ever been through a purging like I have recently, and some people have, when you come out of it, you see brighter, you see colors more vividly. You hear better. Sounds are very vivid, and you begin to think very clearly. And there's a brightness, and you don't even want to eat anything to put in your body that could ruin this new clarity. You know, uh, you don't want to contaminate it with any junk food or anything to go back to what you were before the purge or the cleansing if you fasted you know what i mean or any type of suffering so let me just ask you a quick question how much history is on the history channel zero when the when the antichrist bought out the two history channels and put that wicked Vice Channel, and I don't watch it. I don't even get it. I just know what happened. Remember, in the old days, they'd have the Wild West. They had actual history. And somebody who's doing a takeover realized, if we're gonna brainwash these kids, we've got to we got to get rid of history. We got to rewrite it. We got to hide history. And that, that trash on there doesn't have a bit of history on it pickers and uh, pawn shop dealing it's all staged they're not they're not a bit of history on the history channel the travel channel I don't even think it exists anymore doesn't even have travel it's all witchcraft ghosts. they don't want people to be well traveled and knowledgeable It's called the dumbing down of America. Right. They want to make you a simpleton. If it's FDA approved, boy, you can trust that. Watch. Yeah. All right. So, let's look. at a couple of verses let's look at now we've looked at this in the past but please look at Leviticus chapter 11 and these are some of my favorite verses in the Bible you'll say well those are under the law and we're not under the law that's very true but Paul said in Romans 7 the law is good and holy and we don't keep the law to be saved but these are principles that have not changed. Christ said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Alright, so look at uh, Leviticus 11, verse 45. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law of the beast, and of the fowl, and of every living creature that moveth in the waters, and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth. Now, this is the key. This is the principle, verse 47. To make a difference between the unclean and the clean and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. So, I'm not going into the unclean. You can look it up. This this isn't about this. On things God said Israel could eat or they were forbidden to eat. Some of these were an abomination to them. But it plainly says... The principle, everything you do, you ought to put a difference between the clean and the unclean. Is this clean or is this unclean? If you discern your senses and ask that, and that should be in our updated revised version, that, that should be on there too. Is it clean or is it unclean? Put a difference. Now, When I was a kid, everybody used Crisco oil. Came in a can. It was white grease. My mom would heat up the pan, take the spoon, put a spoon of that stuff in it. it was, I think it was lard. Uh, uh, but the Bible says that the blood belongs to God. And uh, also says the grease belongs to God. Look it up. I didn't, I'm just the messenger boy uh you want to be healthy don't eat blood don't eat lard but they my grandma she'd cook they didn't use a refrigerator they didn't care she'd cook swine for sausage and uh, just put what was left on the stove and you know that thick stuff what what color would it turn white and then the flies would get on it and she'd take that stuff It was a canister with a look look like a Thompson 45 magazine. And shoot, (laughs) and shoot poison all over, you know, and try to kill a fly and just, I think she lived to be 96. Uh, But then some guy gets a heart attack, 55, the first thing they say is quit eating pork. But anyway, so then they said, Oh, you, can, you need to cook with vegetable oil. You have to. It, it, it. And so everybody started doing that. And then when you realize, corn oil will kill you. And then it went to safflower oil. And then they got all kinds. Of peanut oil. I'm leaving a few out. But if, if you just read the Bible, the Bible says if your, oil, your face will shine if you use olive oil. Oh yeah, do just do what God said. It's it's right there. That's not even a gray. That's probably a black or white. But it is gray because it does not say, "Thou shalt not usest safflower or whatever." Thou shalt not use it. But if you have discernment, you realize, oh, I better use this, and I better use cold pressed virgin whatever. I better do it right. Olive oil, and then you learn it's a lot of olive oils that uh, are not what they're labeled to be, and then you got to study that. Um, but those are just examples. So, is it clean or is it unclean? Is it is that good or the best? Is that bad or totally filthy? You begin to use your senses now we're out of time uh but i want to show you a verse and uh, if you could turn to it in a uh, haggai there just to see what you think about it in conclusion and uh you know a lot of times we overlook these and at, at our little thing there's not 161 verses <laughs> in chapter 2 alright so look at chapter 2 of Haggai verse 10 so this is the when God judges the priests because they're doing the right thing but they're filthy they're in sin and they're not cleansed so look what it says Haggai 2 verse 10 uh, if you're having trouble you can just go back to uh, Matthew, you know, Malachi, Zechariah, work your way back. All right. In the 420th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in his skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. So, he says, so is this people, so is this nation, so is this priesthood. they touched the unclean. They didn't do what God told them to cleanse it. And now, they've gone about the Levitical priesthood and their life and they're unclean. And this was willing disobedience. But if you think about as we go through life, uh, this is why in the law, the priests had to take their shoes off, wash their feet. They had to look into the brazen labor. They had to wash their hands. They had to wash their face. It was a reflecting glass to remind them we live in a sin-cursed world, a dirty world, and we need to daily confess our sin, examine our life, turn from it, get it under the blood of Christ so that we will not try to live in an unclean way. We will not touch, touch not the unclean thing. And if you do, you're unclean deal even, get it under the blood. But some people, they are just simply unclean. And one of the main reasons they're not unclean Exercising their senses to discern good and evil. All right, let's stand.